Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to another incredible episode of Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I, of course, am your host, Rye Russell, and I am always excited because we meet the most interesting of entrepreneurs, individuals that have been taking risks just like yourself, just like myself, and people that really want to share their passions and their knowledge so we can all make better and more informed decisions in the future. And as we know, property can be such a blessing, but it can also be such a curse. And to (laughs) help us make property a blessing, we have our friend Jay joining us and telling us a little bit more about what he does and his business. Jay, welcome. Man, right. I'm so humbled. Thank you for the introduction, man. I got to live up to the introduction now, man. So I really appreciate it. Um, But as my man Rai mentioned, my name is Jashar Hartley. A lot of people say Jay. Um, It was a nickname that stuck with me since I was young and a lot of people use it. So um, yeah, I am Jashar J. Hartley with Property Blessings, LLC. I'm a real estate investing company focused right here in Chicago and in Northwest Indiana. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to speaking to the audience, man, and hoping to add some value today. Amazing. And I know you will. And what a beautiful area. I spent a lot of time actually in Ohio. And so I was in Indiana and drive to Chicago. So I've made you know that trip many times in such beautiful country out there. Were you born and raised in that area or were you attracted to it? You know what? I'm actually a native, born and raised in Chicago, south side of Chicago, Um, went to school, Purdue, and then went to northern Illinois, but found my way back home um, in Chicago, where uh, honestly, a lot of investment is needed on the south side of Chicago. So it was just kind of a hand in glove fit. And that's where we decided to start out and, and make the impact and change some communities and lives. So yeah, that's home for me. (laughs) That's amazing. So when you went to university, did you know in your hearts of hearts that you wanted to be a community builder and to be in real estate or, or were you studying something else? You know what? That's, that's a funny question, Rob, because I'm, before I actually went to the university, uh, my grandfather, uh, Teddy Tar was an investor in real estate when I was younger, before actually getting into college. 
So I've seen it at a very young age. Um, so I always had that glimpse in my mind. However, going into college, <laughs> I initially started out in engineering because my mom said, hey, engineering is where you need to go. And what I realized is that it had a big income, um, but you have to be passionate about it, just like in real estate. And that was something when I ran into chemistry and biology, I found out really quickly that wasn't an interest. So um, long story short, I went to school for finance and marketing and then went to graduate school with, for an MBA. Um, so I would say somewhat it's correlated to the real estate investing because there's a lot of variables that I guess you have to lead and manage. But directly, I would say no, because it was originally the finance and marketing aspect. So you use those pieces um, in the business, um, but directly, no, <laughs> no. So if we had asked 18, 19, 20-year-old Jay what he was going to do with a finance degree, did you have this trajectory in your mind of where that was going to take you? Absolutely. So I was always interested in venture capital. Um, sure. It was venture capital was something that interests me. And I realized that coming up where I grew up on the South Side, I needed to get skills to learn how to um, accumulate money and manage money. So that was always an interest, but I realized venture capital was a very small pool of, of individuals um, or businesses. So really having to navigate a network to get in that space was um, a unique challenge. But overall, that's what I would have wanted to do at 18. Amazing. Well, and all of these principles really do come together in what you're doing. I mean, managing money, venture capital, uh, finance, marketing, all of these skills obviously came together to make you the entrepreneur that you are. But I love hearing different investors just like, what was that like? Oh, I know I'm going to play by the rules. I'm going to go in your case, an engineering degree. Uh, and I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to get that pension someday and and that's it. And then it's like, well, wait a second. That's a very long-term uh, process. And one that probably, you know, we watched our parents or our grandparents dial that like, no, son, there's steps, <laughs> you know, there's, you do this step, Absolutely. you do this step and you do this step. And then there's some people that kind of like, well, I can respect the steps, but can we just make them a little faster? And so, you know, <laughs> taking all of this, you know, tell me how you brought all of this together into what you're doing today. Outstanding, man. That's a great question. Honestly, um, Really, it was always a thought, and I knew that what I was born into or the circumstances wasn't my long-term um, goal. Um, so I knew that I always wanted to be the one to change my family cycle, being financially, business-wise, and just how our family would operate moving forward. I just didn't necessarily know how I would accomplish it. Um, but as I mentioned, my grandfather was in real estate earlier, so it was always something that interests me. Um, so a part of I'm um, actually graduating from college, I invested in my first home in which my family, my wife and family moved into. Um, but through that process, I realized that I wasn't as educated um, as I should have been in that process. And I was really at the beginning of the real estate journey or investing. Um, through that, we fast forward. And I realized, man, 
what better way <laughs> you you hear all the time in reading some of the most of millionaires are created through real estate. <laughs> so I feel I felt and I realized like, well, if most of them are involved in real estate in some capacity, this is a business, not just a transaction. So how do you continue to build on that? So I got really serious regarding education, networking, and also just understanding the market. And a lot of times we underestimate ourselves because we grow up in a lot of the places that we initially start investing. <laughs> so you're almost somewhat an expert without realizing it. It's just putting the tangibles and the data behind it um, to make sure you're making informed decisions. So I realized from the first house and then we actually sold that, um, that we have something worthwhile here. <laughs> and all the people I was networking was either investing in stocks or real estate in some capacity. So it was building on that. And also that gave me an opportunity to go back through my mentoring endeavors to be able to show a skill that as opposed to, hey, don't get a job because a lot of people say, hey, yeah, you can get a job or don't get a job. I, I, I don't want to be the one to tell you that. However, I can provide you a skill that you can use and you can make, you can decide and do it as you see fit. So that's really the aha moment for me and really my wife and I getting together to make this um, a legacy starting thing in which we really start to be the ones to change our family cycle and not only just accumulate a profit, um, change communities, but really help people um, from all aspects, the knowledge, the understanding, even if you're not looking to invest so that you are informed on the decisions you're making as a consumer. So that you're informed and know that there's other outlets or skills that you can definitely maneuver or leverage, even part time. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it, just, it definitely gets me riled up and gets me passionate. But that's what really led to really property blessings and kind of moving forward with the business. That is so incredible, Jay. And I think all of our guests that are joining us, you know, they they probably feel some of that sentiment that you shared because I don't think anybody at the core, right? I think maybe as children, we're like, hey, we want to be rich because it avoids all of these things. But I think as you age and mature, none of us are trying to be entrepreneurs to acquire more, but to do more good and to share more love. And I had yeah. posted on LinkedIn today, you know, I just want to be known as somebody that sacrificed in order to share love with the world. And, and we all find our ways of doing that. And you found this way and that's so special. And I think so it many is. people can relate because unless there's a purpose, why do we do this? Yeah. And you realize, I'm pretty sure you can relate, right? A lot of it, it initially starts out because of yourself or because of a vision. But as you get into it, it becomes a lot more than just you. You realize you start to get people to come to you with questions and insight. Like, oh, okay. So yeah, no, okay. I got to continue to do this. This isn't just about me and my success. No, this is about others as well. So it, it, it is a, it, it's a great feeling to do it, but also a great responsibility as well. Um, to understand that, hey, you you have the right to impact so many. So what you're doing, the influence that you have, take it seriously. Um, and also, I, I can relate to the listeners out there because a lot of them might think, hey, you got to be full time. No, <laughs> no, you don't necessarily have to start out that way. I'm still in corporate America in a management capacity as well <laughs> while running um, a full time business. So you can do this. Um, 
the only limit is what you put on yourself and in your mind. So I, I would definitely say uh, make sure if this is something that you're looking for, we're starting out 2021. It is what you want to make it. Control the controllables and let's do it. Amen. I love it. Well, it, one thing that I love about our show is that when sometimes you see the gurus on Instagram and Facebook, it's all oh, come here. We're going to ball out and make a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. It, we're, we're like, wait a second. We can make so much more money by collecting all of our mistakes putting them together and sharing them because we've all made mistakes and in letting people know, yes, of course, there's a lot of money to be made, but there's a lot of work. And so we have a responsibility to educate others on the success. And we also have this responsibility to help others avoid some of those mistakes. So looking back at like your first deal, is there anything that either, you know, your mentor said, and you're like, no, I know better because I did that. Or just like those things of like, Jay, everybody makes these mistakes. Don't do them. And you still went and did them. Uh, You know, was there anything like that or just, and then maybe like, one surprise that was like, dang, I didn't know that was coming. Yeah, man, I I would definitely say so. So the first deal, so people tell you don't fall in love. And we, and I know going into the property more so that it was going to be a temporary stay for the family and we were going to flip the property at a later date. But of course, when you go in, don't get emotional. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all the things they say don't do i did <laughs> i did. a young 20 some early 20 gentleman walking through and i had an experienced realtor as well um but what i would say is like even the programs like the first time homebuyers and some of the programs that you were informed about i didn't necessarily take advantage because like you said you thought hey i knew it all like this is a good deal like i i, I got the finance and i got the vision but I didn't take, I didn't take advantage of some of the smaller, uh, just incentives that were available um, right out the gate that could have saved me even more money or made the deal even more profitable. Also, I didn't um, counter as much as I should because realizing that the couple at the point in time um, would have definitely decreased the price. Looking back at it, because of the situation, it was a divorce, so they were just ready to get done, um, mm-hmm. but. What I realized is I had a realtor that was more so looking at their best interests and the commission. (laughs) So so understanding all those variables, kind of hindsight's 20-20 now, I I left a lot of money on the table. It was still a great deal, still a great project. And even the contract, I know we say the contractors can ruin you. (laughs) Um, It got to a point with the contractors, they did an overall decent job. Uh, but it wasn't to the quality or standard um, that I wanted to, but it just met ahead and enough was completed where it was moving ready, where we kind of just had enough of each other (laughs) and and called it quits on the project, but we were finished. It just wasn't to my level of satisfaction per se. Um, So it was a great learning experience because I felt like even though I was per se in control. And a lot of times we don't realize whether you're an investor or a home buyer, the control that you have or authorities in certain cases, sometimes being able to walk away uh, mm-hmm. as well. So 
having that experience, it definitely gave me a better insight moving into other investments moving forward, where I know and I'm more communicative in regards to, hey, now what about this? What about, no to that, yes to this, <laughs> this is what I'm looking for. So it forces you to kind of step out your comfort zone as well, uh, because now it's not just the theory, it's your money on the table <laughs> and there's definitely risk behind it. So that was the first deal and um, it was eye-opening to say the least, um, but still a success. And that's why I would say even with real estate as opposed to other investments, you can make some mistakes in it and still come out okay. Now, that's not to say just go into any deal with that mindset, but real estate is a little bit more forgiving than some other investment vehicles that are out there. It's funny you say that because also the discipline, I think, from deal one to deal two is dramatically different. I was, uh, I actually recently uh, sold my my first deal. And like you were saying, there's so many decisions of... FHA, traditional, do I have more money for renovations? Do I have less money? Where's the cash flow? So in you know, there's some thought, right, that went into you know what program and what mechanism am I gonna use to make this purchase? But then you'll appreciate this. Uh, the home inspection after like the six bullet point had a note purchaser said this was a waste of time and didn't have time to stay. And so like, because I was just like, I was deterred. I was like, I know this house. I want this house. Like, I know exactly what I'm going to do with it, whatever. But then the septic, then the roof, then, and it's like, so now again, right. Still was able to take that property in over five years was still able to get that six figure net, but would it have happened in two or three years if I did a little bit more due diligence? Might I yes. have held it a little bit longer if I didn't have to put that much in at the beginning? There's all these what ifs. Absolutely. But Absolutely. yeah, it's the discipline of the research. And I'll tell you for me, and just kind of one tip for the audience, and you tell me if, if this works for you, but what some of those first deals was all up here was all wheeling and dealing on the device and, you know, go do this, check this out. Okay, good. Find tenants, move in where now it's like, here's a checklist we're going to look at first, and then we're going to make a decision. Uh, You know, so it's just, well, those are one of the things that I noticed. And so, you know, for you, you know, having these, you know, these now successes and these deals under your belt, I would love to learn specifically about property blessings and, and what you're doing with your community. Absolutely, man. So I think you hit on a great point. Um, and essentially, just to summarize what you're stating is systems. Rye is telling everyone systems are important. If you ever worked on a job and you trained their checklist and their checklist for a reason, or you've probably heard of process mapping, um, which lets you know what to do. Um, and that's huge because like you said, after the first deal, you realize that you can either talk yourself in or out of a deal, <laughs> but it could all be mental. <laughs> so yeah. having a having a blueprint that you can follow is essential. So make sure that everyone out there is doing that. But in regards to more so property blessings, so we have definitely stretched um, recently um, in 2020 uh, before closing out the fourth quarter. Um, we are now investing into mobile homes as well. 
Um, so we're currently working on a partnership mobile home investment um, in Portage, Indiana, that we were able to acquire. So um, literally, <laughs> um, I had a text out to our contractor before the call, just kind of updating as we're doing flooring right now in that. Um, but also we have a property in Gary, Indiana, a duplex um, in which we recently acquired. Um, after the mobile home, our contractor crew will be starting um, in that project. And um, if you all aren't familiar with um, the Midwest or Gary, Indiana, it was definitely a, a hot city um, back in the steel industry. Um, since the steel has kind of diminished in the, the recent decades, there has been a lot of um, poverty, I would say, in the Gary area. But recently, you're seeing a casino and other companies come into Gary and you're seeing a lot of investment dollars. Um, and to be frankly honest, man, um, Gary is a lot of individuals that look just like me, um, very similar to individuals that grew up on the South Side. So I resonated with a lot of individuals. Um, and then also my fraternity is based in Gary, um, Indiana, or my chapter, Omega Sapphire Fraternity Incorporated. So I have a lot of interest in the area and being able to touch people just like me that grew up on the South Side and be able to provide a quality housing. Um, as we know, um, I believe one of their projects or housing developments will be recently torn down. So looking at definitely going to Gary and provide some quality housing there. Um, but as we look further into 2021 and even 2022, we're focused on the Chicago and Northwest Indiana markets right now. Not to say that we're not accepting deals outside of that, um, sure. but that's where we are primarily focused since we have boots on the ground. I'm looking at um, smaller multifamily projects. Um, when we say smaller, we're looking at deals now um, from the duplexes up to around 20 um, units. And that's just because, um, as you know, Ryan, as you get in this space, you start to network with like-minded individuals. Um, you get eager, you, you learn more, and you understand, like, man, it takes the same amount of work to do the bigger deals <laughs> as the smaller ones. So I'm um, definitely getting the investors together. Um, and it's going to be an outstanding 2021. Um, but beyond the money, as you mentioned, Rob, is being able to make a difference. When you go and you have a house, when we recently sold our house in White, Indiana, and I drive fast, and you're like, man, that house looks good. That looks really good. <laughs> like, I did that. Like, we're able to provide a quality product um, at a reasonable price and help people as well. And if you ever got any questions, I'm always available. My thing is like, I want to help you to learn. Like it, you don't have to necessarily do business with me. Like I want to make sure that transform because you can do a lot of research and you can get a lot of misinformation as well. Everybody has a pitch. Everybody has a story. Everybody's somewhat selling something per se. So making sure that if I can be a resource, um, definitely give us a call. I know my wife and I are definitely available and we'll be looking to add on some members to the team in 2021 as well. So we're, we're here for all the real estate needs and we just look forward to help. Amazing. Well, we're so grateful, Jay. I know you've helped me today. So for the audience tuning in, what is the best place for all of us to stay connected to you, Jay, and to follow your journey and, and maybe do some networking? Absolutely. Well, you can find me on most platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Jashar J. Hartley, um, J-A apostrophe S-H-A-R. Um, J is spelled just how it sounds, J-A-Y. 
Um, you can also reach us on our website, um, www.propertyblessingswithansatheend.com. Um, or you can feel free to reach out if you just have a question, a call, or if you're looking to do some deals or partner. Um, I'm definitely available for that. Um, a lot of people have us managing deals now and overseeing. So I'm starting to see that that's a strong suit. Might turn it into a business here shortly. Um, but I'm always here for a question um, if you have any questions. So also that number is 773-234-2664. And hey, if you got a question, don't want to call, want to text, however we can access and stay connected, just feel free to reach out. I want to see all of us win because it's enough out here for all of us. So if you believe it's just, oh man, I'm going to be intruding. No, we can do much more together than we can do um, apart. So let's partner and let's do some deals. Amazing. And speaking of blessings, it has been such a blessing speaking to you. So I am extremely grateful. No, well, Ryan, no, you, I, I, I'm humbled to be to share this platform with you, man. You've been great. I love the energy, man. I love the enthusiasm. And hopefully we definitely have to stay connected outside of this interview so we can see how we can continue to help each other. And I know you mentioned Ohio. I definitely have some friends out in Ohio as well. <laughs> and I was actually traveling to Columbus um, in a couple of months here because I have a nephew. So yeah, we definitely need to connect and see if we can hopefully do some business or even Share our networks with each other, man. Exactly. It's amazing. And speaking of blessings, it's a blessing that all of you joined us today. And so head over to our website. Be sure to check those show notes. And then all of the links to connect with Jay will be right there. So it'll be very easy to find him. And thank you so much for joining us. We're here another year of Real Estate Syndication Spotlight brought to you by Good Egg Investments. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com and please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight community.